All right, so this is my first time hosting the podcast, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so welcome to Insight Works in Conversation. Um, I'm your host this week, Renee, and I'm here with Amanda Blair from Yellowknife. Um, Amanda, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, hi there. Uh, I have uh, been in Yellowknife for the last three years, and um, I've been working primarily in um, uh, on a hospital project in kind of an operational planning role and uh, getting the organization ready for both their new operational model and the um, transition to the new hospital. Uh before that, I, I'm originally from Vancouver and uh, spent eight years with BC Hydro working um, working primarily in change management. So really in people-based projects, um, kind of focusing on, on how to, to support folks through change internally. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and I guess from from an educational standpoint, I have a Bachelor of Arts in Anthropology and Geography and an MBA. Perfect. And so um, you've given us a little bit about what brought you to Yellowknife, but what was the big project that brought you? Yeah, there? yeah. So I'm... I moved to Yellowknife um, specifically to work on the Stanton Territorial Hospital Renewal Project, um, which is a uh, which was a full hospital replacement in a uh, greenfield project. Um, and uh, for me personally, it was just it was a lovely opportunity to come and try working in an environment where I felt like um, I'd likely have kind of a bigger impact and. Um, and really have the opportunity to get into the work. Um, and yeah, so moved here just uh, just over three years ago for that role. Great. And that must have been a big change. It was. And it still is in many ways. Um, lots of things about Yellowknife are very, you know, are very different compared to working in a big center. Um, so uh, for Yellowknife, um, it, uh, it has this, uh, issue of not only is it a small community, but it's also that it's really isolated. Um, so it's not like you can kind of borrow expertise from the next major center down the road, um, like you might do, uh, in the lower mainland or in Vancouver. And then on, on the personal front, um, just uh, the outdoors are so accessible here in Yellowknife, which I really, really enjoy. And, uh, you know, you get to run into your neighbors uh, all over the place. You'd see people, you know, at the grocery store all the time. Um, but all those things are quite different than what it's like to be in Vancouver um, working in a big company. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's uh, it's it's fun, and then sometimes it's I don't want to see my neighbors, but then it's it's a better, almost like a different sense of community, like a different totally. way. Yeah, yeah, like I find it very novel still, and I I really in, enjoy that. Um, yeah, it just reminds you that uh, that people are there for you. Yeah, I love that about small towns too. So that's great. Um, what were some of the highlights working with the new Stanton Territorial Hospital Renewal Project? Well, I think um, for me personally, you know, back to this idea of wanting to feel like my work really had an impact. Um, 
it it definitely had that. Um, you know, it's one of these things that um, my last organization that I'd worked for was a very mature, established um, place. And I'm sure my coworkers appreciated that I was there. But, you know, whether I was there or not, they were going to continue to perform and uh, and the work would progress and so on. Whereas here, um, sometimes it's so difficult to get folks uh, to get resources uh, that in many ways it almost, you know, it was almost startling how how much of an impact you have and, you know, um, being nervous about being being uh, kind of suddenly being the subject matter expert in something that maybe um, is is still somewhat new to me. Um, so that was uh, that was that was really one of my personal highlights here. Um, I think professionally, the other lovely thing about about working in the north is that you get exposed to all of these different. Um, components of the project. So uh, this is a was a private public partnership. Um, and so I had the opportunity to work with the P3 partners, have uh, work with their vendors, be involved in sort of construction related components uh, at one end. And then on the other hand, working directly with clinical staff and operational staff and um, really getting the opportunity to be with end users um, as well as the project team. So there was a lot of variety and you really get exposed uh, exposed to a lot of things here. And I think it gives you almost a new appreciation for everyone's different roles as well. And then for your own also. So that's great. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think for us, um, we were really able to, to have a team that was able to pull together to get behind the project. Like I think, um, when I think about kind of how much heart and, and good effort, uh, and commitment from the team went into making, to getting that project across the line, you know, you can really see that. And, uh, for me, that's an, uh, is something that was really a wonderful highlight. Yeah, you guys did have an amazing team. It was wonderful. Um, what were some of the challenges that you found working with a project, not only in an area that is it is somewhat isolated, but also with the, just a new uh, Greenfield project as well? Yeah, so I think um, like really the 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 number one biggest thing that was a challenge uh, for for us and the hospital staff is just is around capacity. So um, Stanton, they it's the tertiary facility for the north. So they're supporting uh, or they're serving patients from across the Northwest Territories and the Katikmiat region of um, Nunavut. Um, and they have quite a complex relationship with uh, Alberta, where so patients that that um, can't be um, cared for at Stanton would go on to Edmonton. And so it's quite a uh, kind of a it's quite a demanding and dynamic environment. Um, and so it uh, the team or, or for the, the Stanton staff, it was just so difficult for them to be able to focus on a new hospital that would open in two years because they were on a daily basis faced with challenges that they had that had to be addressed immediately. Um, so. Yeah, I think that that was a big thing. And in many ways, um, 
meant that we were really trying to like what are our means for keeping the project front of mind getting people to pay attention to things like training um when when it felt so far off uh so for us, although an, an entirely new hospital, it um, there was no additional um, service changes. So in a southern hospital, traditionally, you know, you'd build a new hospital when you're adding something like you're adding a new cardiac center or you are um, expanding your neonatal program or something like that. So uh, those actually weren't the drivers um, that Stanton had. We um, moved across with the same, moved into the new hospital with the same service levels that we'd had in the old. Um, So um, that reduced some complexity for everybody, which was good. Mm -hmm. But but we were definitely challenged with things that... um, that you might take for granted in other environments. So, for example, the move to single patient rooms, um, at the design of the new hospital was to have single patient rooms that all have their own window. Uh, so we ended up with these sort of long linear hallways where what the nursing staff was used to was working in a ward style environment. Uh, where you'd either have multiple patients in a room or um, or uh, at least shared rooms and where you'd have kind of the nurses in the center. And while they were at the nursing desk, they'd be able to see everybody. Um, so, you know, it's some of the sort of subtle subtle challenges or subtle changes, I guess I could say, that ended up being big challenges. Um, so getting ready for that type of change is a little bit trickier you know it's not like you just go and get certified in some new uh, some new care that you're providing and uh yeah so a lot to do with the way people worked together um and how communication flowed and how you would get from one place to another that those things ended up being the bigger challenges in addition to new technology and new equipment and so on in the hospital yeah, so it's not only is the building, the equipment, and the technology new, but the way of doing everything is also changing. So that is that's right. Yeah, so that those does things add, you take for granted. Ex- exactly. Um, were you able to apply your change management background to some of these challenges, or even the highlights that you found when you were working on the project? Yeah, you know, somewhat yes and somewhat no. So we really didn't do. Um, like formal change management planning, like, um, you know, like we had hoped in many ways. Um, But we were able to uh, integrate that into the overall operational readiness and transition planning. So uh, just to illustrate, so for example, um, something that we like, you know, that is a classic problem that you have uh, in training for big projects like this is that you have all of these people that are invited to the training. They show up to varying levels um, and they get there and they say, Oh, I like, I don't understand why I've been invited to this training. I don't do this in my job. And, um, 
and you realize sort of that the user has or the trainee has has missed uh, like that they haven't they haven't had the stage set by their manager ahead of time or they haven't mm-hmm. received any communications about what's changing for them and so then you end up kind of wasting the training opportunity because everyone's so busy trying to figure out what this means for them that they can't actually learn anything so that's sort of a, a classic problem that happens and um, things like that I feel like um, particularly in our work with you guys like with Insight Works we really had the opportunity to try and do a bit better of a job on that mm-hmm. um, you know trying to get people uh, spatially oriented understand how their immediate uh, neighboring departments were moving and what that meant for their workflows and things that we could work through that kind of um, uh, information and change before we were delving into the specifics on how you use, uh, I don't know, you know, some specific piece of equipment or what mm-hmm. have you. Uh, so in that way, I feel like we were able to kind of up apply some of the rules of thumb um, from change management to help us with the, with the challenges and, and highlights. Um, I think also actually for our own project team, that might be where we more so felt it. Um, the design work was behind with Stanton, um, like more than a year behind. So what we ended up with is that design was happening concurrently with construction and at a time that we really needed the same resources that had worked on design to be thinking about operational planning. And so sort of our ability to like, it was difficult to make the team switch from focusing in entirely on door placement, for example, to thinking about how people are actually going to be working in the space. So uh, that's likely more where I feel like kind of a change management skill set in a bit of a more micro environment was used to help us get through that. Yeah, that makes sense too. just being able to navigate and to pivot and having to do so maybe multiple times in a day or even in in like an hour, having to navigate between those two types of decision-making and those two types of situations would be quite difficult. And just to be able to sort of take a bit of a risk-based approach, you know, that at some point, if we get the size of the door wrong, you know, we, we have to just sort of assume that risk and, and move on to getting ready to work in the space. Um, so yeah, so that's, so that was good. Um, because when I think about the Stanton project, like um, a hospital, so this was a hundred bed facility is what we were building. Um, on first patient day, around 70 beds were opened and the hospital is intended for 30 years of growth. So um, that's why we have some um, some beds that weren't open on first day, but we expect to grow into them. Uh, mm-hmm. And though uh, I, we did that with a project team of 10 or 12 people. Um, whereas if you were to do that same project, the same 100-bed facility um, in the lower mainland, you'd be looking at a team three or four times that size. Yeah, you guys really, really did um, achieve something great with the team that you had. 
and your limited resources and capacity with that team. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Like sometimes I, I, I'm not sure how we came out the other side, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, no, do feel very lucky for that. Yeah. Um, were you able to use different um, approaches for different stages? So I know that you were saying that the design and the operational readiness kind of happened um, concurrently for a lot of it. Um, was there anywhere else that you had to kind of shift or change the, the approach for the different stages of the project? Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, again, uh Working with InsightWorks and with healthcare relocations, um, I feel like you guys really helped us solidify a bit of a framework to be able to think about how we were doing our planning and execution. Um, So we went from that uh, design phase. So yes, there was sort of time overlap, but um, in terms of thinking about the tasks differently, that... that, uh, as design was getting wrapped up, we were starting with planning for operations. Uh, so before that even kicked off, you know, really defining what the operations were going to look like on the first day, what um, what was changing for the different uh, kind of areas of care, and then getting going from the operational readiness planning. So once that portion was complete to then actually moving into the transition planning. And so the transition planning being less about how service is going to be offered in the new hospital, but how are we going to get um, from the old hospital to the new hospital and get everybody ready uh, to be able to work in the new space. So that's really when the training planning um heavily ramped up. Also things like looking at the planning for uh, delivery schedules for new equipment or install schedules for uh, new technology and um, and also the completion of construction, like making sure that uh, kind of all of the construction milestones by that point were uh, being met so that we could get those the areas that needed longer for um, activation to be to be ready in time. Um, and then once we really did that facility activation and transition planning, then then you go into executing that component of the project, um, which is really about, yeah, get, getting it from a kind of occupied building to a fully operational hospital with people who are ready to go. And then finally, you then actually think about your kind of implementation of your operations. So, you know, we did have um, a period of time where we ramped up services. Um, So for example, something like endoscopy, we didn't um, have any endoscopy services that were not emergency um, done for the first few weeks of operations. Um, So that we sort of, uh, for a few of those those things we layered that on as we went and and in many ways like the hospital today the hospital opened at the end of may and it's now february of the year after they're mm-hmm. still working on sorting out those operational challenges um so you know the kind of operational implementation goes on long after the doors open absolutely and, uh, yeah. And so I think that that's really where the where they are right now. Um, 
So yes, in terms of phases, just sort of to summarize, um, we had this shift definitely where we went from talking about operations to talking about activation to then executing the transition and then now stabilizing operations. And I think that's a like that approach is pretty standard across most of our hospital projects that we see as well is that the the last phase is about a year after the doors open and that's where everything does settle in and you get to see if the changes that you've planned work um, or are the most optimal way of doing things and then you massage it and adjust it as you go instead of panicking on day two and throwing out the whole the new script kind of thing totally yeah and um on our side so not only is it the hospital staff but again that this is a p3 so our new service provider who um is doing the uh who is essentially the building operator and offering both um hard facilities management and and soft facilities management so everything from cleaning to boiler maintenance um for the hospital they too are going through that and uh they had a bit of a different experience than us because of course they had a net new workforce unlike us who had a workforce that was just moving into a new into a new facility so they they too are in the throes of um growing pains and you know getting uh getting stabilized right now yeah, it's always about a year of growing pains and then it, it does settle, which is nice. Yeah, I expect everyone's looking forward to that time. Exactly, that birthday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and do you have any advice for someone in your position who is at a new hospital? Yeah, so, you know, I think... Um, I think it's, you know, it's a very, it's a project that can be very overwhelming. It's a, it's a very, it, it's sort of like a tidal wave, you know, and, um, and it, it, it does have moments that are very overwhelming. So I think my words of advice are really to be able to like, be able to come back to what you need to be able to do on the first day. And if you can answer that question, it sometimes um, reduces the amount of noise that you may feel panicked by. So, you know, we we knew that on the first day when we opened the doors, we had to be able to deliver a baby. We had to be able to deal with a mass casualty. Um, we're the only hospital in town or, you know, the only hospital in the territory of this size. Um but we didn't need to be able to do endoscopy on the first day. And so in the moments of feeling overwhelmed and helping uh, all the various stakeholders, you know, everyone from the front line to the decision makers get comfortable with that. Just again, being able to go back to what do we need to know for the first day? What do we need to be confident with for the first day? And really focusing on that and um, being able to to have a means to demonstrate to people that they can see that progress that they're making and getting closer and closer to that. That's that's great advice. Yeah, so it's understanding essentially what the needs to have the need to have is and then versus the nice to have almost. That's right. That's right. So we definitely had situations where new equipment wasn't going to get here in time. Um, And so, you know, is that a showstopper or can we use 
the old one that, you know, we don't want to use indefinitely, but could we use the old one for a period of time? Um, so for us, actually, one of the things that ended up really being, uh, you know, quite fascinating was the telephone system. Like we absolutely knew the telephone system must be in place and people must know how to use it. Yes. Um, and, and it was kind of the 11th hour actually, um, for us. And so, yeah, just, yeah, definitely being able to be able to prioritize and, and then sort out, um, your kind of backup plans for things that are perhaps not required for first day or that you can get by with until you can, until they can be addressed. Wonderful. That's great. Um, Is there anything else that um, you would want to share with us and our listeners uh, of the Insight Works in Conversation podcast? Yeah, no, I mean, I guess the main thing is just that personally, I have found uh, this work so gratifying and, uh, and that it is a place um, where it can be very dynamic and uh, that there are ways to sort through it and everything. And yeah, I, I, uh, I feel excited for anyone who's sort of starting to think about working, um, doing a project like this. I'm a little biased, but the hospital projects really are my favorite ones because we do get to work and meet such incredible groups of people and great teams, but it's also so rewarding to see everybody um, perform and get the hospital open and it's just great to see everyone kind of overcome all the challenges that they face and then help in any way that we can um, to support that and to support the teams and to really just have it be a successful move. There's nothing better for me personally just than to see everyone else succeed in these projects. Yeah, and I feel, and I feel much the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today um, on our In Conversation podcast. And um, that is it. 